Hello and welcome to a somber broadcast of Buckeye Bombast with Bellhaven and the boy. The blind squirrels were summoned and have absconded with what they believe are all the marbles. Yes, uh, unfortunately, uh, of course. We'll get uh, we'll get right into the game reaction. Uh, game reaction. Da, da. Sounds like a uh, you know could have been from Journey. <laughs> Chain reaction. It does. All right. Um, you know, first uh, to start off because we'll we'll both have a lot to say about this game and this Ohio State team. Uh, of course, make no excuses. Uh, Michigan went out there uh, and they won this game. They deserved to win. Uh, they were the better team in this game. So, all that being said, um, where where to begin with this Ohio, <laughs> with this Ohio State team? Uh, I'll I'll first start on the offensive side of the ball because defense is going to be a little bit more. I think um, the biggest issue and the kind of the key, the main key that I saw to this game and the reason why I had Ohio state winning and I thought they could, uh, was because, uh, of offensive line play. Uh, I thought that would be enough, uh, to control the game. Clearly it wasn't, uh, Michigan dominated on both sides of the ball, uh, offense, you know, they allowed, I believe four sacks total and, uh, there were eight tackles for loss. If I'm correct, uh, when CJ had time to throw, he threw the ball. Um, you know, he still had almost 400 yards passing this game, but uh, the running game was a lot left to be desired, uh, as was play calling. And I think that's a lot of the reason why. Uh, really weird play calling, uh, especially on, on third downs, it seemed. Uh, in the play that comes to my mind is the second half that first drive when, you know, they run and it's third and two and they do another run play uh, that was really predictable and just get stopped in the backfield. And that's kind of what, you know, it felt like all game. Uh, Honestly, you know, if we didn't have the playmakers we did on wide receiver, uh, this game probably would have been a lot more lopsided. Uh, Those receivers, you know, kept us in the game. Uh, quite a bit, you know, JSN had ex- a spectacular catch, you know, Garrett Wilson with the touchdown, Olave had a, a really good catch. They also dropped a couple, but, you know, they all, I think all but Olave had a hundred yards. So not for, you know, lack of trying. Um, but again, uh, you know, w- what did this game remind you of? Well, it reminded me of the Oregon game quite a bit. Uh, where they move the ball, yes. they move it in chunks, they get to the red zone, and of course the second drive when they make it to the red zone, what do they do? They get down to the two-and-a-half-yard line, second down instead of the pounding the ball, they try to finesse it, and they end up having to kick a field goal. Uh, so some of the same issues there, along with play calling. Uh, of course it didn't help on the offense that we shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, I, I will admit there there was some bad play calls uh, that should not have happened. Bad play calls. There were a lot of bad penalties that should not have been called. Um, But the false starts were 
because they were getting pushed and our guys were jumping too early. There was also three fumbled snaps, terrible snaps uh, that cost us uh, second and short uh, situations in, in key drives. That really hurt. So uh, offense just kind of fumbled around, never really got in rhythm. Uh, and it was it was tough to watch. Now, defensive side of the ball, and I'll let you talk more about this because, uh, I mean, <laughs> because you know I I will, you know well, I will. I know start you, well, I know you will, be, but we, <laughs> I mean, you know, we know you're right too. Uh, the defense, while it looked improved, uh, I mean, the same exact things. And my main issue with the defense, especially starting out the second half, well, first of all. Um, not only was there any push, there were no adjustments made whatsoever. You know, I, I really thought that they would make an emphasis to, you know, do stop the only thing that Michigan likes to do, and that's run the ball, uh, much like, you know, you would try to do against Michigan State. But nope, that wasn't the case because they just did the same exact plays and just ran it right down our throats. And it was easy for them. I mean, they had almost 300 rushing yards, which is asinine. That shouldn't happen. And much like the Oregon game, they average exactly the same, 7.2 yards per carry. They just gashed us. And in the second half, when it was a tight 14-13 game, were any adjustments made? Nope. They just continued to run it right up the middle. And we paid for it, you know, in the first half, you know, they actually dealt up some, some decent blitz pressures. Uh, there was none of that the second half, or at least if they were, they were delayed and they didn't hit home. And of course the, the main, uh, reason, uh, we lost, we got drilled zero sacks, zero tackles for loss for our defense. Um, we just got bullied on both sides of the line, which, uh, honestly, it was, was hard to watch because uh, usually our, our lines are dominant. But, yeah, um, this defensive line has has really struggled this year. They haven't had those key playmakers, and especially our interior of our line, which is was supposed to be really good, just got blasted through, uh, which was kind of surprising. At least I thought the middle would be able to hold up, but nope, it didn't. Um, so there's a, a lot of, a lot of issues um, that really weren't fixed throughout the year. Uh, so, you know, it kind of makes me wonder what they were doing. I mean, obviously I know we played better teams or or we, we played uh, worse teams throughout the year, uh, until we got really back to this, this game where, you know, the talent level, uh, was met Uh, and it was just all about will. And it seemed like we didn't have any from the jump. Once Ohio state got that initial punch in the mouth, they just, I don't know if they were playing scared, but they weren't playing physical like they normally do. It was like a complete 180 from the Michigan State game. Um, but like I said, hats off to Michigan. They obviously wanted it more. And, of course, they're playing for a Big Ten title now against Iowa, which they'll probably win and uh, have a playoff spot playoff spot locked up. So um, I'll probably add a couple more things, but I'll, I'll let you uh, kind of go on. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it a, a bit in the, um, uh, the analysis of, you know, going into the game that Michigan felt different to me this year 
in terms of how they were approaching this game. I, I said I felt in, in years past under Harbaugh, it's like they kind of expected, hey, this is a rivalry. Our, you know, it, it's it's going to turn for us. They, in, they just kind of expected it. Um, and I think this year it felt very different, that they were really, truly focused all year uh, on this game. And it showed. They, they, did, they did want it more. And, uh, you know, kind of going back to some of your early words, you know, where to begin. I think the first thing that jumps to my mind is Michigan did what I said Ohio State should do. You know, I, I spent a lengthy period of time saying, hey, you know what, um, you know, given our team, our coaches, you know, more credit for being clever than I guess they really are. But, you know, hey, pound it on Michigan up the middle, right? Take away the pressure of the ends. We've got the running game to do so. You theoretically have the offensive line to do so. Um, but that's exactly what Michigan did to us, what, what I said we should be doing to them. Um, which takes me first to the offense. This is what I said. I, I, I've said it a number of times. And so, you know, it's not like, um, you know, it's some, you know, that I'm a blind squirrel and just stumbled upon it. I've said it many times under Ryan Day when he was offensive coordinator and now as head coach. You see games like this where the offense sputters and there's no real rhyme, no reason to some of the play calling. Um, and a lot of times that, particularly with this team, affects the run game. And, and it's you, you can't have Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson. I, look at their two running backs, Haskins and Corum. Yeah, clearly they're pretty good. But in no way would I ever take those two over Williams and Travion Henderson. Never. I would never take their running backs over ours. So why in God's green earth are we not using ours <laughs> in a similar way? And um, so, like I said, that that to me is why the defense had to be better than what it was and why I've been harping on the defense, because I knew that this was going to come at some point when we didn't want to for the offense. Um, And part of that speaks to to Kevin Wilson as well. Um, I remember, and I've said this before, I remember, I think it was the, was it 2008? Eight, uh, six, four, I, I don't know. It was a long time ago, and, and USC played uh, Oklahoma in the national championship. Oklahoma had the offense all year. It was just going through everybody. And I think it was Kevin Wilson who was the offensive coordinator. And coming into that game against USC, it looked very similar to this. They had no clue, it seemed, as to what they were doing. And I think Kevin Wilson's a brilliant offensive mind, but I don't know whether it's him or Ryan Day because they've been kind of associated since Day came in um, as offensive coordinator. So uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe they're getting uh, stepping on each other's toes or something. I, I don't know, but something has to be done there you know, because we've seen what the offense can be, and there's something going on there that, that causes this to happen. You know, this is exactly what happened against Purdue. Um, back in 2018, you know, Ryan Day was the offensive coordinator, and our game plan looked very similar. Like, what we what are we doing here? You know, and we didn't have the defense similar to this year to do anything about it. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to start with the offense because yes, getting to the defense, I I just think we have to clean house. Um, 
linebacker uh, Coombs has to go. Barnes has to go. Um, I, I think honestly, he was a blind squirrel in a couple of those games. I think we got lucky against Michigan State. I think we overwhelmed them so fast that they became discombobulated in their offensive play calling. I think it had more to do with them than it had to do with us. Um, I mean, listen, Barnes came from Maryland uh, when they were terrible at defense. You know, so, so okay, we'll, we'll take this terrible guy at defense. We'll elevate him in a graduate assistant when Kerry Coombs, this terrible hire that we did, isn't getting the job done. So at the end of the day, they've got, all got to go. That includes uh, Washington because last year into this year, the linebackers look lost all the time. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say it. I, I, I said it a couple times before, but Larry Johnson's not impressing me anymore. You know, without a Bosa or a Chase Young, that's his defensive line. You know, he's the defensive line coach that we all want to brag about. Um, that's his defensive line that didn't get pressure except for maybe two or three games all year. They could never get pressure, and they certainly didn't do it this game. And they ran right up our middle. And Teron Vincent, isn't he a five-star? We've got Haskell Garrett, who is supposed to be all everything this year. Um, and then Teron Vincent, who I think was a five-star recruit. Um, you know, a couple of other five stars that come in this year and JTT and Sawyer, uh, plus all the other four and five stars we have on that line. And if Larry Johnson's the best defensive line coach in the world, you don't need the best defensive line coach to get four and five stars to play decently. And these guys aren't playing decently and they stunk to high heaven in this game. So part of me says, get rid of the whole defensive staff and start fresh. The problem with that is, well, look what happened the last time he had to do that. He went and hired freaking Kerry Coombs and promoted um, a special teams coach from Maryland and some graduate assistant. So I'm like, well, I don't know. Should he fire them? Because he'll go make some other bonehead uh, hire. Um, and then offensively, too, you know, I kind of want Kevin Wilson to move on. You know, Ryan Day is the head coach. He's clearly going to have his hand in the offensive play calling anyway. So let's maybe get some new offensive mind in there, right? But again, um, you know, I, I don't know that I, I have, I don't know that I have faith in Ryan Day from a hiring perspective. I think he's a great coach. I mean, this was his first Big Ten loss, right? So clearly he's a great coach. Um, I just question uh, his assistance and, and I don't know. Uh, that game plan was silly. You know, and, and it is a coaching issue when you have all of those false starts on an experienced offense that's supposed to be, you know, the greatest things in sliced bread. Um so yeah, comes down to coaching and I think they got to make some changes uh heading into next year. I will agree that they do need to make some changes. I do agree they need a new defensive coordinator. There is a bunch of them out there, and there's some really good ones. And a, a program yeah. like Ohio State, I know you could you could go get, uh, you could go get one of them. Uh, and so I that yeah, that's why Kerry Coombs was just such a lazy hire, just not well thought out. I mean, it just aggravates me because at the end of the day. 
even with the offense sputtering at times like it did in a couple of games, if we had just a decent defensive coordinator, we'd be sitting undefeated right now going into the Big Ten championship game. I'm convinced of that. This team was good enough um, across the board to do that, and all it really needed was a halfway decent defensive coordinator. So, sorry. Yeah, the little pushback I'll give. I mean, I the issue that you know, I think at least I forgot about during that middle of the season is you know we still have one of the youngest teams in the country. Um, that secondary and linebacker core are riddled with. You know, even if they've been here for a couple of years, they haven't played much. Um, and so, yeah, you expect them to get better throughout the year. And in this game, it didn't look like they had. Uh, yeah, that's that's on coaching, schemes, all that. But Well, but, but the thing is, it was the defensive line that really let us down. And Teron Vincent's been around. Haskell Garrett has been around. Zach Harrison has been around. I mean, they have a lot of experience on that defensive line, and they still stunk. Yeah, you're right. Um, but in terms of you know linebackers, it, you know we had the 2018 season where they were all pretty much in the same boat. You give them two two years, uh, and they looked pretty good. Uh, even last year, um, you know, it was more of a coach and, and scheme but the linebackers themselves were were good at, you know going actually making tackles and stopping the run which was you know the problem 2018 so uh, i think that'll change with experience uh so i'm not going to get in washington too much with that maybe you know it is coach and in, in terms of a d line yeah I, I think obviously when you have uh you know these touted highly touted guys waiting in the wings, you know, if, if guys aren't playing well, like Harrison, um, then yeah, you, you put JTT or Sawyer, the next guy up, just let them at it. Um, and just let them develop because clearly the guys with experience aren't getting it done. Uh, and so you let guys who are playing better do that. And I know they've been doing a lot of shifting, especially on the lines, uh, D line linebacker. I mean, just the whole defense because of how inexperienced this is. They've just been shifting guys in and out, um, and I think it. Uh, I think it caught up with them this game. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Look, um, this was. I'll just say this: it was a tough loss, um, which is unfortunate. Obviously, this. Uh, you know, this one was for everything, and of course, they they lost, and so it was for all the marbles. It was for all the marbles, and and now uh, they're going to miss out on the Big Ten championship game. Uh, and they're the blind squirrels have absconded with the marbles. <laughs> Their title streak will be snapped, and uh, they may they'll probably get a, a good bowl game, uh, maybe even the Rose Bowl if Michigan wins, or another you know New Year Six bowl, but. You know, in all reality, that doesn't mean anything uh, at the end of the year. So I look back at it. Um, it's probably, probably better, I think, that they lost this game uh, rather than going and getting blown out by Georgia. Uh, 
because this game means a lot more, especially to us as fans, but the program as well. And so maybe that will inspire them to make some of the changes they need. Uh, I don't know. But uh, clearly, like we said, there changes do need to be made. So hopefully that'll be the yes. start to seeing that happen. Um, and next year, uh, we'll be ready to go and get revenge. So, And it shall be sweet. It shall be sweet revenge. Any, okay, what else? Anything else on that? No, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much it. There, I think we hit all the uh, all the different points. Um, they got beat soundly. Felt to me like the uh, two thousand two thousand and three game. Mm, yeah, where you know Michigan in if you go back to two thousand and three, Michigan clearly wanted that game more that year. Um, and yeah, got up. I think they ultimately won thirty five twenty one. Uh, so similar here, they were up 35-20, and we did get that uh, later touchdown, but it still felt uh, a lot like that game. Yep. Agreed. Uh, in terms of other picks throughout today, it was not a not a good week to end the regular season. Uh, I, no, it was not. I, it was not good at all. I went 10-15, and 15, you 9-16. and 16. Uh, You did beat me on points, though, 132-113. to 113. Uh, so total record then I'm at 159 and 166 with 2059 points. You're at 158 and 167 with 2036 points. Uh, so we'll have some games, Brilliant. some games next week, um, championship weekend to, uh, to try to boost that record in total, uh, and then bowl season. So I think, uh, all in all, didn't see too much of the games. Uh, of course, uh, Michigan State, the, the whole field covered in uh, in snow, so it was kind of fun to watch. And they got an ugly W at home. Um, Oregon handling business against uh, Oregon State. And so, yeah, that one surprised me. I, I really did think Oregon State was going to win that, but, uh, you know, good on the Ducks. Yeah, and they'll face Utah again, so the winner will go to the Rose Bowl. Uh, Alabama, man, they definitely should have lost that game. Don't know how yeah. Auburn let it skate by, but Alabama wins in uh, four overtimes. Um, Wisconsin just giving it away to Minnesota. I was really surprised about that. Um, look, yeah, I think Auburn. Uh, Auburn's coach was uh, – auditioning for Nebraska should, you know, Scott Frost in Nebraska part ways and they can replace him with Harson um, to get an equally bad choke job. Maybe, but uh, yeah, once uh, Williams went out for that targeting call, it, uh, yeah, their offense was, was pretty bad. Their offensive line gets no push, which we'll talk about it against Georgia. Um, that's going to be a tough game for them. Of course, Texas A&M just losing straight up to LSU. Uh, tough loss, LSU. Yeah, that's an LOL. I mean, LOL. You know, we, we can just take a quick aside for LOL moment of the week, and that's one of them. You know, because don't look now, but that puts uh, A&M at four losses. Oh, they're mighty. 
Yep, and of course, uh, Bedlam, uh, which you got. Oklahoma had that game for most of it, and Oklahoma State came back uh, and, and won it by four. So knock Oklahoma out. And, and now Oklahoma's coach leaving to go to USC. Uh, so we'll see how that program responds. But yeah, Oklahoma State uh, now playing Baylor. And if they win, I think they're going to go to the playoffs. So still everything ahead for them. Uh, which which does make the uh, rankings interesting, I think. I think we'll probably you know see Michigan jump up to the number two spot. Um, Alabama, Cincy there, and then probably Oklahoma State, Notre Dame right on the cusp. And so uh, probably a lot of teams, uh, two or three teams this year that uh, might get in that haven't been there before. So Yeah, uh, I, it'll be interesting to see how the um, the games flush out. Uh, had Michigan been playing Wisconsin, I probably would have picked Wisconsin, but I, yeah, Iowa, I don't think that they, uh, I don't think they can beat Michigan. So I think Michigan's going to make it to the playoffs. Georgia will clearly be there, um, and I think that they'll probably follow suit with Michigan and kind of overcome that hurdle that is Alabama for them, and they'll beat Alabama, putting them at two losses. So you'll have Georgia, you'll have Michigan. Um, I don't know about UC. I can easily see Houston beating them. Um, so if if UC were to lose and you know Oklahoma State loses the Big 12 championship, you start to have a little bit of chaos there, which would be interesting. Now, I'm not saying all of that to say, hey, you know, how can Ohio State back into the playoffs? That's not really what it's about. It's just that I think this could look... Um, a lot like 2007, very easily. So Yeah, it could, which, you know, I'll say it right now, as I've said, uh, I've always had this, that if you have two losses, the current playoff format that we have, you don't deserve to be in, uh, no matter what. And that includes Ohio State this year. Um, they have two losses. They did not look good in those losses. They do not deserve to be playing uh, for a title. So... Uh, it, it will be interesting if that happens because they're p- probably going to be deciding between a two-loss conference champ uh, and two two-loss non-conference champs. So I don't know. Right. I don't know what what they would do there. But, uh, yeah, clearly at that point the four seed probably wouldn't deserve it. So you could probably just put anybody in there, you know, just let them have at it. But, uh, yeah, we'll uh, – <laughs> cross that bridge if it comes to it indeed we will my good man indeed we will okay yeah and then you brought it up so might as well touch on it quickly lincoln riley (laughs) uh very interesting uh, to make that move uh going to usc um smart move honestly i I think because i think uh, oklahoma is going to have a hard time in the sec and I also think that um, things were kind of getting stale with Lincoln uh, at Oklahoma, and uh, some of those other teams were catching up to them. Um, Pac-12 is ripe for the taking. Uh, when Oregon is your flagship and they're not really that great, um, and USC having the, the name, and they've got a talent-rich state, um, I think Lincoln Riley can come into USC and own that conference pretty fast, uh, especially if Cristobal decides to leave to go to um, 
um, Miami. So very interesting there. It'd be uh, really interesting to see who Oklahoma comes up with, you know, having um, having been through, um, you know, what, what that conference has been through and all the other teams um, that are open out there like LSU and whatnot. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, what Oklahoma does. That might actually be a good good place for uh, Fickle, honestly, uh, at Oklahoma. But uh, uh, maybe I've, I've heard uh, Mark Stoops being thrown around for that one. Well, Bob and Stoops is going to be the interim. Oh, um, oh, is he? So, what's that? Is Bob Stoops Bob Stoops is going back until they find a replacement? Yeah, yeah. So similar to what Barry Alvarez did when. Um, can't even remember the guy's name, but the year that Ohio State spanked them in the uh, uh, Big Ten, 2014, uh, whoever their coach was, he left, and I think for the bowl game, Barry Alvarez stepped in uh, to uh, be the interim coach. I think that's similar to what Bob Stoops is going to do here. Yeah, for their so. bowl game. Gotcha. Mui Interessante. It is. Um, yeah, that would be funny if they went for the other brother. Uh, to get him, but yeah, definitely the be- better move for Lincoln Riley. Uh, LSU is still deciding. Florida chose uh, Napier, the L- Louisiana head coach, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, one of those hot names. I uh, I don't know how that'll pan out, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, those are always dicey. I mean, Scott Frost was that person, right? Um. That Fuente, when he was at Memphis, he was that person. When he went to Virginia Tech, nothing really happened. Uh, Norville, uh, similar. Tiger uh, coming from him. Memphis was that guy. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Taggart before him, who was a dumpster yeah. fire. Yeah, and so to that point, you get these. Oh, and Tom Herman, right? He was the big name um, back in the day in 2014, and. Uh, you know, he's gone at Texas, of course. So, yeah, you get that big name that um, comes every year, and very rarely do they seem to work out. So Napier is that big name, to your point. Uh, did very well with Louisiana, but can he handle uh, Florida? That will be interesting. It will be. Um, yeah, so, of course... Uh, disappointing. We won't see Ohio State next week, but uh, of course we'll have a, another episode later in the week uh, discussing some of these conference championship games and our picks. Anything else? And I believe with the boy, no, there is nothing else. I believe what the boy is saying. You have made it through this incredibly somber episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bellhaven and the Boy. Indeed.